you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. Monday after a holiday week. Weekend is always a little bit, you know, sure, kind of a sure. letdown. But we are going to supercharge it with a Cowboys talk and, uh, you know, remind ourselves that we are, what are we, three weeks? Is three, three weeks out, something like that. Three weeks yeah. out. Something, so we're, 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 we're marching our way towards more good news, uh, even though the holiday weekend is over. Yeah, so this is, we're officially a lying season, right, of the NFL That's draft. Right. Because That's right. this is the time where we get some crazy rumors and we get some nonsense out there. Uh, but today, Landon, we're going to do some buy or sell on some of these rumors, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. The first one is buy or sell that Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker, could be the pick for the Cowboys at number 10 if Patrick Sertan, the corner from Alabama, is off the board. <clears throat> I, I think I'm going to sell. I, I, I just, if, To me, that feels like it's, uh, it's a lot of smoke. Um, you know, I think that there is obviously a lot of of, uh, of interest in Micah Parsons, and there's a reason that he's been up near the top for a long time. Uh, there's there's a lot of, of of potential there to say the least. Um, but I think you know, with the Cowboys, with where they are, and, and you know, there's there's just seems to be a lot of smoke about linebacker in general <laughs> at, the, at the tenth pick. And I just I'm having flashbacks uh, to last year when uh, Kenneth Murray was just being bantied about constantly as the uh, as the pick then and 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 I think you know they like they liked Kenneth Murray I just don't know that they liked him when everyone was saying so I think that that's the case here too right is that I I, I think that they may like guys like uh, 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 Micah Parsons and then you know I've also saw uh, another uh, draft I think it was a CBS draft that Chris uh, Tara. I'm going to tell Trapasso, you his name. Trapasso. Trapasso. Yeah, sorry, yep. Chris. Uh, that He put in that, that I think Zavin Collins is the 10th pick for the Cowboys. And, you know, I, I think I think it's a lot of smoke. I just I don't know that the Cowboys uh, are ready to invest that highly again at linebacker, especially when there's other positions on the defense where they could easily improve. And, and linebacker, especially right now, just on a numbers-wise, it yeah. just seems very, very full. Yeah, and we can talk about some of those other reports. I saw Matt Miller from ESPN said that Jamin Davis from Kentucky and Xavier Collins could be dark horse candidates uh, for the Cowboys. And listen, the Collins one isn't all that surprising because we've heard back since December that the Cowboys have had some interest in Xavier Collins. Now, they've switched their scheme a little bit since then. And that's a long time from, from December to April. That's likely an area scout that maybe liked liked Zayvon Collins, and maybe that was when the Cowboys uh, weren't necessarily thinking about picking at ten. Maybe later in the draft, I don't know. But it does seem like a lot of people are connecting linebacker to the Cowboys at number ten, and that makes me nervous, Landon. Like I I, I believe you. Like we probably should be selling this, but 
why, why am I afraid that they're going to take a linebacker at number 10? Uh, you know, PTSD, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, like you're a Cowboys fan. I mean, yeah, yeah. You can, uh, certainly there's there's a, a large segment of Cowboys fan that, that default as this is the worst thing that's going to happen to us and, and the worst possible scenario is going to happen. You know, look, I, I think we – you you were worried about this last year too, and, and of course for, I was for, yeah. for, for good reason. You know, like I mean, and I think that they put a lot of chum out there, you know, implying this. So I understand I understand the general nervousness because I don't like I don't like the positional value or the pick at ten either. Uh, but I think that I, I also think that this is like we said, this is lying season, and this this feels like almost the exact lie that we heard yes uh, last year. Yeah, and, yep. and you know, honestly. I love this came from Brian Broaddus, right? Mm-hmm. I love Brian Broaddus. I am starting to worry that Brian Broaddus has become a uh, a chum dispenser for the Cowboys. Maybe. I'm starting to worry. I'm starting to worry that 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 he is he is being fed quite a bit of 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 some real, some Broaddus. not, right? Some yeah, of course, to muddy sure. up the waters, and I and I think it, it's been a it's been a, a, a process these last few years with him, right? Where well, it, it actually has like, been for a lot of people, right? That that's the yeah. thing is we've heard a lot of and that maybe this is the Mike McCarthy effect, right? I think he wants fewer leaks, so maybe they are trying to get some chum out there and some misinformation. Again, we're not saying that Broadus is wrong here. It's just no, that we absolutely. have noticed in the last year that things have changed. I guess that's what we can say. And and, and I'm not suggesting that Broadus is like in on it or anything. Yeah, yeah, like sure. I, I think it's he's just you know repeating what he's being he's been told. told yes and yes. and, and I, I think that's the thing is that i think you know people in the front office the scouting department have started to realize look he has this show he does yes it, it, you know they they i think they've gone past to uh the point of oh we need to be careful what we tell them and now it's to the point where they're like hey this is a propaganda tool that we sure. can use to get which the is smart out so, which is smart yeah absolutely I, I don't have a problem with it i just think that we all need to be uh, uh, conscious of that, that that he, you know, they, they don't work for the team necessarily, but he's got uh, connections to people that work for the team, and the people that work for the team are going to do what they can to, to help improve, uh, you know, situations for well, the Cowboys it, during the draft. And let's talk about the Micah Parsons thing alone, because I think it would make a lot of sense for the Cowboys to throw that out there, right? Like, hey, we're going to take Micah Parsons at 10 rest of the NFL drafting behind yeah. us. If you want to come That's up right. and get your linebacker, if you want your next Devin White, you're going to have to jump us. That almost feels more realistic, right? Like trying to get somebody, maybe it's the Patriots at 15 or the Cardinals at 16, trying to come up to, to grab Parsons ahead of them. That feels realistic. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I, I think it's and again beyond just that too. I think it's helpful just to keep – teams guessing you know keep NFL teams guessing on what you're doing just so so the other thing doesn't happen where they trade ahead of you to get the guy that you want right like I mean let's just say that that the obvious is true the Sertan is who they want we don't want a a cornerback needy team to trade up to eight the Eagles uh, maybe yep yeah yeah to to get Sertan in front of us so I think that there is value in in kind of disguising who you want in in the sense that you don't get your player poached Uh, We're going to do some more buy or sell questions in just a second, but I wanted to pause to tell you guys about Bet Online. It's the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports sports action. Football might be over, but we still have NBA. We've got a college basketball championship tonight, and the NHL are all in full swing. 
Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have oh. real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, let's get to some more buyer sales. This first one is another report from Brian Broaddus uh, about Richie Grant. Are you buying or selling that Richie Grant probably won't be an option for the Cowboys at 44? Huh. You know, I can buy that one. You know, okay. I, I they have not valued safety a ton. Nope. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, look, I love Richie Grant because I think he is a high-floor plug-and-play player, and we'll talk about him a little bit more, I guess, uh, later on the week, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, there isn't a – as much as I like him, as much as I think he can come in and, and play right away and do a, a variety of different things for the Cowboys, A, I think he may have more value to uh, a split safety team, right, to sure, uh, to sure. teams that are that are playing – that would want to play him kind of all over a little bit because I do think he can do a little bit of everything pretty well. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I, I just don't think that the Cowboys are necessarily – you know, they have a guy that they're going to play this year, right? They have a guy that they have, pen, you know, penciled in at free safety. I, I think if they're going to go and get a safety in the second round, I, I, I guess it could make sense that they would want somebody with more upside that they could kind of ease in and hopefully develop a little bit more. Richie Grant is, you know, a lot of things. He, and I, I, I love a lot of aspects of his game, but he is uh, – and, and I know you're going to ha- hate this. He's a 23-year-old <laughs> player. He's coming into the league. He's, you know, he's, he's I think, developed – to the point where I don't know how much you know how far he is away from his ceiling. So uh, I could see the Cowboys being more interested in uh, getting a guy with maybe some more upside there, and then just kind of slow slowing his play time, easing him into the yep. game yep. Uh, while while playing Kazee in the back end. My my problem is is I'm not sure there's very many safeties in the what, day two of the draft that have a lot of upside. Like I'm struggling with some of these safeties, and again. We're going to talk about this later in the week. We're going to talk about some other options for the Cowboys. But, man, when you really start to go through these day two guys, it's 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 not great, Landon. Maybe maybe you'll have a different opinion than, than I do, but I don't love a lot of the day two safeties. As for Grant specifically, typically Will McClay in that front office, has they've liked to draft big school players in the first you know, the top 100. They did make an exception for Tristan Hill from UCF, same school as Richie Grant. I just don't know if the Cowboys want to make that a trend. You look at their second round history, they're almost always drafting guys from big school schools, whether it's Penn State, uh, whether it's Alabama last year with Trevon Diggs or North Carolina and Bruce Carter almost a decade ago. They want to go big school. I just I, I have my doubts that Richie Grant is going to be a guy that they love at 44. Now if he's at 75, I think that's an easy pick, right? I I just have a feeling the Cowboys are hoping to get somebody who is like 19th on their board at 44, yeah. kind of like they did last yeah. year with Trevon Diggs, right? And I think that's yeah. probably the goal here. 
Yeah, I mean, I think if, if the idea is that Richie Grant is appropriately valued at the 45 to 60 range, that you're not taking him because you're hoping that you're getting somebody that is appropriately valued exactly. at the 19 to 35 range that has fallen, right? Correct, you know? yes. So yes. I, I, I definitely agree on that side. Yeah, I think Richie Grant is somebody, let's say you go Sertan, linebacker at 44, and then Grant starts falling to the late 50s, early 60s. Maybe that's when you see the Cowboys jump up and make a move. But again, I've got a feeling the Cowboys have their eyes set on maybe a better player at 44 than Richie Grant. The next buyer sell landing comes uh, from a couple of different reports from Albert Breer. I saw Adam Schefter talking about it this morning that Penny Suell is falling a bit in mock drafts and in the draft uh, slots. It sounds like it's pretty likely he's going to get outside the top six or seven picks. Are you buying that he's actually falling? Uh... No, I don't think so. Okay. So where I do you mean, think, think he lands that, then? Like what spot range? Five. I think he ends up with Cincinnati. Um, so I, I just, you know, I know that there's lots of talk about how great it would be to have a reunion for uh, Chase and Burrow. Uh, but that <laughs> that graphic that whoever put that out on Twitter, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically summed it up. It's like. That you've got to keep your your quarterback upright, right? And and you could say what you want about, uh, I mean about Sewell at, at all. I don't know what you would say about him, but that's a, that's that negative. But I mean, but the guy did not give up sacks, you know. And, well, so uh, here's 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 the downside, I guess, that some people across the NFL, and I'm just relaying the information that like yeah, Albert Breer said, is that there's some maturity concerns. He didn't play football last year. The arm length, I don't really care about, but some people are going to care. That's only 33 uh, inches. Maybe if you're breaking tiebreakers, you go with, you know, uh, maybe a more rare player in a Kyle Pitts or a Jabbar Chase. But I don't see how Suell gets outside the top seven or eight picks. That just seems ridiculous to me. Well, I'm pretty sure the Cincinnati uh, right tackle has. 33 arms, if right? I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, well, in their left tackle, you know, Jonah Williams, he's got shorter arms. That's what as I, well. I guess that's how I meant. Jonah Williams, both yeah, those guys do. Yeah, like they both weren't exactly, you know, long armed monsters. So, yeah, the long arm thing, I don't, you know, you don't, you don't care. What, 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 yeah, what does Joe Thomas say about you don't play offensive line with your fingertips? So, why are we measuring them? <laughs> that's um, a good point. It's you know, a great point. I, 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 I tend to think that you can maturity issues yeah that's shocking i mean the guy's 20 years old guys uh you know <laughs> I, I mean I, I, when i talk about maturity uh I, I sure as heck wasn't training hard enough and and, and, and being <laughs> talented enough as an 18 year old freshman to come in and, and dominate the pack 10 and and uh you know i don't know man i i have a hard time okay. with that I, right. I i just think that's an easy thing to say because no one can confirm it. Sure. And so sure. if you're trying to drive down the stock so you can draft in a Sewell, oh, yeah, he's immature. He's a 20-year-old. Like, yeah, that sounds like the kind of thing that people just casually say offhand to hope to drive sure. down someone's stock so they can take them themselves. Uh, maybe I, the Cowboys. Maybe it's us that's yeah, doing maybe it. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe it's Jerry. He's going, oh, I, don't, I think that guy's. Uh, he just doesn't seem very mature. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. who knows? Please let Penny Suell follow us so we can take a Please. linebacker ahead of him. Uh, last buyer <laughs> sell, Landon. Uh, the Cowboys, this one comes from at Marcus underscore Mosier. Uh, the Cowboys could take a wide receiver in the top 100 of the draft. Yeah, I mean, again, Mosier is just terrible about uh, <laughs> being fooled by uh, by bad smoke and getting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 you know, look, you've been mentioning this for a while, and, and I, I don't disagree with you, I, especially like 
We don't know what's going on with Gallup long term. Mm-hmm. We don't. You know, there's a chance I think that Gallup could resign. I would agree. You know, yeah. I, I think I certainly think that that chance has increased since last year, as opposed to decreased, right? Because yeah. the market of this year was just not great for wide receivers, other than anyone at the very tippy top. Now, maybe Gallup plays his way into that type of market next year, but I I kind of doubt it. You know, and um, I doubt it. Yeah, just far just for as far as like pure production wise, right? Uh, so. I tend to think that, you know, there's a chance that the Cowboys could re-sign Gallup. Having said that, if they decide that they don't want to or, you know, that his price point even within a depressed market is more than they're willing to pay, then, yeah, they need to draft a, a wide receiver mm-hmm. in the top uh, 100 picks. You know, just because, they you know, next year they don't really have a, a plan for that third wide receiver. This is going to be a team that is continually going to be trying to uh, win the offensive race mm-hmm. as opposed to playing a more balanced team uh, play, playing as a more balanced team so you have to keep up that 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 level of offensive firepower uh, even after Gallup's gone so that means drafting his replacement while he's still here or or having a plan to re-sign him uh, but I think yeah the planning for who is your third wide receiver your third target in the passing game for next season starts this season yeah, I would agree. The only thing that I would say here is I think the Cowboys are going to be very picky about which type of receiver they're going to draft. Like, I don't see them going out and grabbing a guy that's a 6'2", 210-pound, uh, you know, contested catch guy. I, I think they're looking for a specific type of receiver, and that's somebody that has speed, right? Somebody that can really, really stretch the field. I also think it's important to note that in 2022, Landon, the only receivers the Cowboys have under contract are Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. And that's it. Noah Brown's on a one-year deal. Cedric Wilson's on a one-year deal. Uh, obviously, Michael Gallup. So they're going to need some depth. I don't think it's going to come in the first two rounds. But at, what do they pick, 75, 99? If somebody is there with speed who can come in and give you a couple snaps per game this year and maybe take over the third receiver role next year, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm actually going to give you a name of somebody. I actually don't know if the Cowboys are interested, but somebody that I think would make a lot of sense. Uh, and you might even know him pretty well. What about Anthony Schwartz from Auburn? I was Auburn? just going to say, it, and actually I did read a report that Dallas was interested okay. in Anthony Schwartz. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously Schwartz has the kind of speed that is rare, not even just in this draft class and <laughs> not even just in this draft class yeah, where yeah. we're seeing people you know co- totally uh uh you know time these guys at 38 yards as opposed to 40 yards uh, but he has rare for the world speed. yes yes you know i mean this is a guy who ran a i think it was a 10-2 uh in and <laughs> no in high it was 10-07 10 that's right no i'm sorry yeah. yes 10 yeah. so almost breaking the 10 the the 10 second mark uh, that's crazy fast. I mean, that's yep. that's uh, yep. that's Olympian fast. You so know? that's somebody so. I could easily see if he's there at seventy five, and the Cowboys just think, "Hey, we're not going to find speed like this very often. Let's draft him, develop him, and have him ready to go in twenty twenty two." I could one hundred percent see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer him at ninety nine, just because. <laughs> geez, he's not developed enough as a player, no, no. Uh, and, and there's de- it's definitely an upside play. play play uh and and as someone who's obviously watched auburn uh you you know he (laughs) he would get open a lot 
He's very raw as a as a as a actual football player, as a person catching a football, as a person carrying a football. Uh, but if you could find ways to get him the football, uh, he has speed that no one will be able to touch. All right, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors, and it's a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Landon, it's a mock draft Monday, and we've got a very interesting mock draft from the Draft Network. Uh, At pick number 10, the Dallas Cowboys had Patrick Sertan Jr. available, but they did not select him, instead picking Northwestern offensive tackle Rashawn Slater. Uh, We've seen this before, so it's not completely surprising, but the reasoning behind the selection, according to the Draft Network, is... There's a lot of talent and depth at cornerback in this class, and you can find good starters in day two. You can't find high-quality starters on the offensive line in day two. You draft Slater. You protect Dak Prescott. Maybe he plays guard this year. Maybe even plays play him at center. He's your eventual left tackle at you know, or left tackle, your eventual right tackle, wherever you want to slide him in. How would you feel about the Slater selection at number 10? Yeah, I don't hate the choice. I just, I really don't like that reasoning. Okay. Um, Simply because, you know, there's an implication by that reasoning that the Cowboys desperately still need to get a starting offensive lineman. And I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I don't know that the Cowboys feel like that's necessarily the case. I think they would love to get an offensive lineman to help develop, it, you know, to kind of look either to as a as a as a tackle of the future or sure. a potential swing guy of the future until Tyron retires, who could eventually become the starter. Uh, I think there's a place to take an offensive lineman here for sure. Uh, but I, I think that the implication that uh, that the Cowboys are desperate for an offensive lineman at this point, I, I just don't know that that's true. You know, with Ty with signing Ty Nitsky, you feel good about Collins and Tyron Smith, uh, and like I said, you have a guy that can come in and, and be your swing guy if you need him. You've got Connor McGovern, you've got Connor Williams, you've got Tyler Biotish. You feel good about what's going on uh, for, with three guys for two spots, and then you, I'm probably you'll, you'll probably sign another guy to come in, maybe even Joe Looney to come back maybe, in and play maybe. backup center. Uh, you know, I just—it's not that I don't think that they should take an offensive lineman. It's just that I don't—I don't think that the implication that they need to take an offensive lineman should be used as justification from not taking Patrick Sertan. Do you think there's uh, if you if Say, do you think there's any chance that they just have a higher grade on uh, Slater yeah. over Sertan? Absolutely. And, and that, if that's the case, and, and, and you feel like even with uh, uh, the added you know, uh, bonus to their grade uh, of being at a position of need, which you know, that's, that's kind of how sure. teams usually do that, if, if through all that they still have Slater higher than Sertan and they take Slater – I can't fault them for that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that. And I totally understand. I'm not going to be mad about it at all. And again, the, the, what the, what they're suggesting is not untrue. You know, that 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 uh, that there is better depth in the in the second round and you can get a you know, starting level corner later in the draft if you want to. But I, I, I think the idea is that that should not be the reasoning why you take Slater over Sertan. You know, because sure, because, sure. It, again, it implies that the need at offensive linemen is anywhere near uh, the need at, at, at starting cornerback, which I think is a, a much greater need. Now, I think you probably get as 
much, if not more, bang for your buck on an offensive lineman. Uh, but I just, I just think that if all the grades are equal, you know, if, if Slater and, and Sertan are close, and Sertan probably is still getting a bump for positional value and and uh, you know need. I, I think you still got to take Sertan. If, if Slater's the better pick, pay, pick him. But don't do it because you think you can get a starting okay, off, uh, a starting cornerback later. Now, so let, me, not good reason. let me play devil's advocate for here for a second. Isn't part of the reason why we saw like the Seattle Seahawks go to a cover three defense in the you know early 2010s was you can find and develop cornerbacks. You don't have to spend a lot of money and a lot of picks. It's more important to build your pass rush, and we'll develop those guys later. If the goal here is you know to to maximize your offense to be able to score thirty something points a game, and then just get by on defense, isn't this the better strategy? What's your initial plan for Slater coming into twenty twenty one? It's to kick him inside to guard right until he can play tackle. So you're not even talking about him playing the position that is the high okay. impact position. But that's okay. That you're that's okay. Drafting. That's okay. Well, uh, it's okay, but but it's but it's but it's limiting the amount of years that you're actually getting that positional value. I I have no problem with doing what we're saying, but if you're comparing the two, to me, I look. If you're talking about generic starting offensive tackle versus generic starting uh, uh, cornerback, I, I agree with yes, what you're saying. Yes, yes. But I don't think that's what we're talking about necessarily. We're talking about a guy that you could play at either guard or tackle, who likely will start at guard and then eventually make his way out to tackle. But you're probably going to have at least two years in there where he's playing interior offensive line, and and for those two years out of a you know potential five year contract. Is that is that value the same as, as having Patrick Sertan out there as your starting cornerback? I don't know that it is. Uh, I don't know that so it's not I, though. I that, that's I don't know. I, I I go back and forth in this because I, I think I don't think it. Well, you, you go back and forth because I don't think it's cut and dry. You yes, know what I'm saying? Yes. Like I think the, the the angles are very difficult. So I guess my point is is that pick the guy that you have rated higher. Yeah, like, I would just, agree. Yes. Yes. Just whoever you got rated higher, pick that guy. As long as it's not a linebacker, don't do that, please. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I listen. I I still think Sertan would be an awesome pick at ten, and I really that's the pick that I'm rooting for. I just if I if I'm being honest about it, I I'm fine. I feel great if you pick Slater at ten because the way that offensive tackles typically work in the NFL is you don't want to be in a position where you have to draft one. Right, because that's when misses happen, and that's when you overdraft guys. So, if a great prospect, who will probably a lot of people will grade as a top five, top six player in this draft, falls to you at ten, and he's got the position flex to play guard while you're waiting for Tyron and Lyle Collins to, you know, either fall off or get injured or whatever, it's it's not a bad plan. It's it's really really not bad, and that's why I feel like those. I feel like Sertan and Slater should be like your only two options at 10, assuming like Pitts and Suell are gone. I, I, I really have a hard time believing they're going to go in any other direction, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the other thing here too is that I like Slater a lot, but I also don't think he's in Sewell's category. Ooh, and, 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 and like, I, I know some people do, and that's fine. But, but, but the truth is, is that Slater is doing everything that Sewell is doing, except Sewell is younger and needs technique work. Like you know, like is that a, that, is that that a good mean, thing though? Yes, because it's the it's the old baseball analogy. If you got two guys who run to first at the same speed, one with perfect form and one with terrible form, which one do you take, Marcus? I mean, I don't the want to talk about baseball. <laughs> the one with terrible form, because the one, if you teach him the right form, he'll beat the other guy by two sure. by two links, right? So that's where I'm at with Sewell. Is okay. that 
Sewell could do what, what, what Slater does with imperfect technique. That's fine. Teach him perfect technique and see where he goes. Slater is a very, very good player. Can he play offensive tackle? Absolutely. He'll be a, a, a good offensive tackle. He'll be an elite guard. But but that's you know that's a difficult evaluation, especially with sure, comparison sure. comparing to a starting cornerback. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.